Here we go, Michael. How are you? Good, Brock. Very good. And you? Well, just between you, me and the listeners, I'm pretty excited. Really looking forward to this episode. Likewise. It might be worth flagging today's topic before we start, though. Good point. To set the scene, this is episode three of our Technology and Life Sciences series, and I'm your host, Brock McKenzie, and with me today is Grant Thornton's National Head of Technology and Life Sciences, Mr. Michael Cunningham. Today's plan is to extend on the previous discussions we had regarding the importance of forecasting to support going concern and impairment analysis with a slightly different lens. Sounds good. I can work with that. Specifically, I'm keen to discuss the ramifications of the macro impacts of COVID-19 which may see companies in contractual arrangements which have become loss-making and the inevitable restructuring that companies may need to undertake to generate cost savings. Having discussed three-way forecasting as a valuable tool in episode one when modelling the various outcomes associated with the COVID-19 downturn, some of the outcomes may be the rationalisation or restructuring of operations. With that, a few accounting issues spring to mind. Owner's contracts, restructuring provisions, and termination benefits. Some tricky areas to navigate. History tells me that they often throw up some confusion. I tend to see the restructuring provisions raised too soon, so I think you should walk the listeners through what needs to happen with regard to restructuring provisions first. Detailed business plan, detailed business plans, detailed business plans. Okay, to jump in, I'm sensing you're keen to discuss detailed business plans. How would you guess? It is often the element where the timing you mentioned makes things more complicated. For a restructuring provision to be recognised, the company must have an established detailed business plan. We need to see something tangible, not just discussions and intentions. In terms of tangible elements, Michael, what were you referring to? It's critical that we see at least the following. What location and elements of the business are affected? the number of employees who will need to be compensated, timing of the plan, and significantly, that the company has raised a valid expectation to those that will be affected, and it will carry out the plan. I'm glad you raised the concept of valid expectations. With those affected, history tells me that we often see clients trying to raise provisions in advance of more formal announcements. Spot on. A broader scale restructuring provision does require those elements. We may well, however, see a less comprehensive plan associated with the termination of a number of employees via a redundancy program. A termination benefit results from either a a company's decision to terminate an employee's employment or an employee's decision to accept a company's offer of benefits in exchange for termination of employment. As a result of difficult economic circumstances, some companies have or will downsize their workforce. To clarify, Michael, at what point should companies be recognising a liability or provision for redundancy style arrangements? A a liability is recognised when an entity can no longer withdraw the offer. Where the payment is for termination and the termination has not occurred at reporting date, a provision will be required. Okay, thanks for clarifying. How about we look at service or contractual challenges companies may face, specifically contractual arrangements that become onerous for the company? These types of situations will be seen more likely with later stage companies. Put simply, the economic downturn does warrant companies reviewing contractual arrangements and identifying any of those that are onerous, whereby the unavoidable costs under the contract exceed the economic benefits. 
For these contracts, we must crystallise the expected losses and raise a provision. To me, it seems logical that as part of the business forecasting process that we covered off in episode one and two, that a more granular review of contractual arrangements does occur. Absolutely. However, it's worth remembering that as part of that process, companies must consider if contracts contain special terms that may relieve them from some of the obligations within the contract, thus mitigating in part or full the need to raise such provision. Let me take a breath. We've covered a fair bit again today and the concepts of planning, early engagement between management, directors and advisors on all of these issues, as with those covered in previous episodes, remains critical. Given how intertwined all these issues are, companies will really struggle to effectively address matters appropriately if they aren't engaging in these processes now. Looks like we're about out of time. I should again remind our listeners of Grant Thornton's dedicated COVID-19 page. And of course, people are always able to reach out and make contact with me should they wish to discuss further. Cue the music. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to next week's topics. Have a great week all. Thanks. Thanks.